So for those who are visitors among us, or those who haven't been here the last uh, few Sundays, I am doing a series between now and Christmas. Ten uh, ten is uh, our logo here, John 10 verse 10. I've come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. And over the summer I was thinking, could we do, it's almost a back to basics kind of sermon series that tells us how to live this life, tells us who we are in Christ, and I call it uh, 10 10 in 10. 10 sermons. And this is number three, where we're connecting to God. How do we connect to God? The first one was the invitation, I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. Last week, we were looking at the icon that you click by faith through grace, grace through faith, in order to take hold of this invitation. And um, today, we're looking at the vertical relationship that we have with God. I think as I look back on where this series started, Start of the summer, maybe in Uganda, maybe in Valley Castle, though I was trying not to think about work when I was there, maybe when we came back after the summer. Somewhere in the middle of that, there was this uh, something that evolved uh, into this series. And it may have started here. It may have started with these words that the, uh, the Jewish people use in the Shema, the hear, O Israel, the listening, the prayer, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength, or the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, or as we put them all together, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. I was thinking, does that encapsulate it all? And why was I thinking, does that encapsulate it all? Because obviously the reading that Val did for us earlier, Jesus says that encapsulates it all. But it's not, you know, we're born again Christians, or we're this kind of Christian, or we're that kind of Christian. We don't seem to be ever described as the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, uh, soul, and strength Christians. So it might be where this started, um, and we might find out as we go along. It seems to me, though, that what I was wanting to do in the series was say, what does it look like, this vertical relationship with God? What is that? It's a mysterious thing at best. So how do we best work out what it might be? I want to um, tell you the story that I've, I've, I've told before, but it might be a number of years ago, and who am I to remember? Maybe my first Gospel According to series, maybe my first one, um, was not you 2 or Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen, and we haven't got to Lady Gaga yet, but um, it's good to see us getting to Paul, you've got to say. Um, but um, maybe my first ever one was Neighbours. My children's address at first Antrim had got to a stage where actually John Dixon said that I should rewrite a kind of the, the or not rewrite, that, that would be a heresy, and John wasn't going to encourage me down that road. He said I should have done a, a booklet explaining the catechism to children using illustrations from neighbors. He said that to me once. I don't know how many times I'd used neighbors. But there's this one incredible point in neighbors, Australian sitcom for our friends from uh, John Brown University, one that I haven't watched for maybe 30 years, but did uh, diligently watch it every lunchtime for about five years, um, way back in the day. And that's when this amazing illustration of some of the stuff we're trying to deal with here was done on neighbors. Um, um, I don't know whether you remember back. Um, so we have, uh, you see, we, 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 we don't even remember the real names now. It was it's Jason and Kylie, but I think were they, was he Scott? No? Scott and Charlene? 
And then he had a brother called Paul. Ah, Jillian, you need to maybe come up here and just help us through it. It's obvious we have another fan in our midst, but you can tell it's 30 years since I've seen it. So Scott and Charlene, remember the first time uh, Charlene appeared at... um, uh, so um, I can remember she came out from the, underneath the boot of a car, a bonnet of a car, and she was a girl. And oh, it was the, the shock all round Antrim. Uh, that's where I was at the time for the, for, the, for the rest of the week. And Scott and Charlene started to fall in love. It was teenage love. It was skateboard love. And he had those amazing trainers at the time that you didn't tie. But they were so far up your leg and you left them open. And I bought a pair. Everybody had a pair. And, um, and he, he had a skateboard and he would skateboard off to school. But they were madly, madly in love. And ridiculously, as only neighbours can, they were getting married almost as soon as they're out of school. And in fact, not long after, they were banned from seeing each other for a while. And they were climbing out each other's windows to meet behind the Robinson's bins so as they could have a wee quick snog and jump back in again. And all this love was happening. And it was real romantic teenage neighbors kind of love the same time young paul his first wife ah you see testing it beyond here paul got into a relationship with a colleague at work and they got married for i think michael maybe it was for tax reasons i might move from jillian to michael on that one maybe the tax reasons would have interested michael in this there was some kind of way that they were getting married because they were needing to get married for some kind of reason And so there was this one scene where Paul's at his desk in his office and he just opens the drawer and brings out the prenup agreement for the wedding. And he's looking through it to make sure that all the legal things are right because he's marrying this girl because he has to marry her for all the legal requirements, whatever scam he's up to. These were happening at the same time. They were happening at the same time. And I couldn't help getting us into where we are today in this identity that we have in Jesus, this vertical relationship that we have in Jesus, where we've read Jesus talking about the greatest commandment being to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he adds to that Leviticus, your neighbor is yourself, Leviticus 19. And where we go back to the Shema where that was what the children of Israel, the, the Jewish people would still be reading off. And then I go to John chapter 14, where Jesus is with the disciples and he says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. And I'm seeing Scott and Charlene, I'm seeing Paul and whatever her name was, and I'm thinking there's two very different ways that we deal with our relationship with God. For many of us, it's a pull out Leviticus and Deuteronomy and see how well we're doing with the commandments or the laws. But in the other one, there's a love relationship that affects all the behavior you have because you love the other person. We were talking about Michael was praying for, uh, for Alan and Philip as they get married on Friday. And I had the privilege in the crescent of doing that wedding. I felt I was sort of taking over old ground, but I did feel it was Old Trafford and I really wanted to be back in the Etihad. It was a bit old, away from home for me. But it was a wonderful day when they committed themselves to each other. And that the love that they have for each other will be that which, with the help of God, will help them to fulfill the vows that they've taken. Because the love that they have should change the way that they treat each other. Like Lenny and Scott. Not like the legal requirement. And so when we come to the Shema, even in the Old Testament, 
in this part of Deuteronomy, we're seeing how God takes the commandments that all seem a bit thou shalt not, all seem a bit in Paul's drawer. And he shifts it around. He says, these commandments are all there. But if you love the Lord your God, if you love the Lord your God, if your connection is a worshipful connection, if your connection is a loving relationship, then these things will be easier to be able to put into practice. It's not as onerous when you have to do something as when you long or want to do something because you love the other person or God. And that when we love God and when we worship God as we're doing in this service this morning and we do every week, when we give God his place in the universe, when we give God his place in our community, when we give God his place in our lives, and when we say we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength, then how we behave towards one another and how we behave towards neighbor or alien coming into our land will be different because of that love relationship that we have with God. And it becomes our identity. This is who the Jewish people, this liturgy that they pray over and over, this is their identity. They are the people who love God. And he's one God as they go into a country with many gods. As Deuteronomy tells us, there's one God. And we're going to love this God. And as we love this God, we're going to share that love of God. And that love of God is going to be that which affects everything that we do afterwards. This week as I was reading it for and meditating on it, because you get a chance, I get the chance to listen to the readings and go into the readings every day for a week. I couldn't help but be drawn to the familiarity. And then after a while, the Spirit dragged me through the familiarity to the realization that this is what we're supposed to be about. And is this my identity? And does it affect everything? With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, the priority of each day is to love God. And that I want to impress that on my children, talk about it when I sit at home, when I walk the road, when I lie down, when I get up, that I'm going to tie them to my hands and bind them to my forehead. I'm going to write them in the door frames of my houses and the gates. Because what we're hearing here is that God is saying to us, we love this God with all our heart, soul, and strength to the point that every other part of our lives is affected and drenched and saturated by this one thing. That for us, the people of God, the one identifying thing about us all is not, again, some hand we put up at a rally at a meeting or some creed that we can repeat or some prayers that we pray, or some attendance at church, or some belief system that we can argue with others. Those don't identify us as the people of God, though they might help us try to do that. If we want to know our identity in Christ, it's right here. 
And it's a love and a worship of God as Lord that affects every other thing that we will ever do. Worked out in how we treat our neighbors. Leviticus 19, where Jesus brought in that second part of the greatest commandment that he talked to that lawyer about. It tells us not to defraud or rob our neighbor, to not um, hold back our wages of our hired hand, to not curse the deaf or be a stumbling block to the blind, not to pervert justice, not to spread slander, not to do anything that endangers our neighbor's, neighbor's life, but as we reap our fields even, to leave something back for the neighbor who maybe doesn't have enough to come into the vineyard and pick up some of the grapes. Love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord, verse 18 of Leviticus 19. So the love of God with all our heart and soul and strength works its way out to a deep love for our neighbors and all that they might need. Michael has used in the last few weeks this word that I I, I use. Um, uh, Tora Lasso meets this afternoon. That's our Irish language uh, worship group meet this afternoon in the church and I don't go to Toralasu because I don't have very much Irish but I do have a little bit of Irish do have a little bit of Irish uh, my Irish came out very strongly yesterday afternoon I'm not sure you're aware of what happened yesterday afternoon some of you might be or some of you might only be aware of half of it Manchester City got seven goals yesterday afternoon but that's only half of it Ballymena United gets six. Well, that's slightly less than half of it, but you understand what I'm saying. Ballymena United, six. They won 6-3. Manchester City, seven. They won 7-2. Both the Sky Blues. What's my home village? Galgorm. What does Galgorm mean? Mean Sky Blue. So I have a wee bit of Irish there. So yesterday on Facebook, Galgorm's all over my Facebook because City have scored seven and Balamina have scored six. We're not doing as well as Coleraine. I understand that fella. But anyway, well, a wee bit of Irish. But my favorite Irish word is the word that Michael has been using recently. Gro. Gro. It's the word for love. But it's a word that has got in the Irish, at least the way that um, Father Gary Toman, when I was the chaplain at Queen's, taught me it, that it's a deep-seated cardia gro. It's the kind of grow that you have when City go three up after 30 minutes. It's the kind of grow that Boyd had yesterday afternoon when Stoke scored twice within three minutes and it all seemed to be going pear-shaped. And then the grow that comes out again when you saw the seven goals last night and you went, wow, whoa, there's a real deep cardiac love for that football team. But our love for God should be even more grow. Deep-seated, deep-rooted love. It's a question of priorities. What is our identity? When God spoke to the Jewish people, there was idolatry across the land, other gods. What are our gods? What gets in the way of our 10-10 identity? Because as James K.A. Smith from Calvin College, I think, clearly says... We are not what we believe. We are what we love. We are not what we believe. We are what we love. 
We can believe all kinds of things about God and he might not be our priority. But when we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength, there is our identity. There is our grow. There is who we are. Our identity is not in what we believe. And maybe actually that's why some of us are a little embarrassed about telling it out, as Michael was suggesting we should be doing in the prayers, because the identity of Christians has been too much about what we've believed rather than this great commandment or two great commandments that Jesus gave. This love of neighbor has been absent as we have harangued people with creeds and beliefs and all kinds of other stuff. What is our identity? We are not, I'm not saying it doesn't matter what we believe. You've got to say in Northern Ireland what you don't say as well as what you do say. I'm not saying it doesn't matter what we believe. But you can believe all you like. And there's no belief in a creedal mental assent in these words. It's about a deeply rooted grow. Love the Lord your God with all your grow and your neighbor as yourself. We played Germany last week, Northern Ireland. Got a bit of a lesson. But I was there when we beat Germany. Was it November 1982? I'm sure Barry would be able to tell me. Ian Stewart cuts in from the left wing, hits it with his right foot into the bottom corner. I was on the cop that night. We were able to stand that night. Unfortunately, because we were able to stand and bounce about the way we were, I lost all the keys that I had for Union College and had to break into the kitchen a bit later on that night in order to get back into my bedroom. But what a night! Northern Ireland beat West Germany at Windsor Park, and I was there. And my mate in college wasn't there because he went to the Winnipeg Ballet Company in the Opera House that night. Not because he didn't want to be at the football. Oh, he lived to regret that. But because she wanted to go. And because he was in love with her, it changed his behavioral pattern. And because of that grow, he was at the Winnipeg Valley as Northern Ireland were making history. Because we aren't what we believe. We're what we love. And what we do comes from what we love. And this morning, I speak it into your pastor's life with real sharpness as I speak it into all of our lives. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Familiar. Familiar. But self-shattering. Radical. Revolutionary. Otherworldly. We are not what we believe, folks. We are what we love. And that's what the world will see this week. What do we love? Leisure? Pleasure? Comfort? choice or the Lord our God let's pray Lord again we pray you would take the familiarity away from us and help us over this next week 
to find ourselves into these words of Jesus and right back to the Shema of Deuteronomy. Who are we, Lord? In this 1010 life, taking hold of faith by your grace, who are we? And what do the world see us as? Lord, I pray you would give us a deep-rooted grow for our God and that you would be a loving Lord and that would change everything about what we do and say. In Christ's name, amen.